Welcome to a new episode of Evil Edge, a podcast series by the European Evaluation Society that focuses on cutting-edge topics in evaluation. My name is Marco Lorenzoni, and today I will be your host, together with my colleague Valentine Gandhi. Hi, everyone. Nice to see you again. Today, we are delighted to have with us in our virtual studio, Mrs. Jerusha Govender. Uh, Jerusha is an entrepreneur that a creative and monitoring and evaluation specialist. She has a master in public development management and one in public health. She has worked extensively in uh, promoting the use of information for decision-making and experiential sharing in the African public sector and across the globe with national and international NGOs. She's particularly interested in the section of monitoring, evaluation, research, and learning with innovations in data and tech. Currently, she is a director and co-founder of Data Innovators based in Johannesburg, and is a legacy board member of the South African Monitoring and Evaluation Association. Welcome, Jerusha, and thanks for being with us. Thank you, Marco. Thank you, Valentine. It's a pleasure to be part of the podcast. Nice to meet you, Jerusha. Uh, during this podcast, uh, we uh, we will be asking you about some recent projects that you are involved in, especially around your innovations in Africa relating to the monitoring, evaluation, research, and learning. Oftentimes, uh, we find that uh, evaluators or those of us in the male space are not uh, keen on involving themselves with data or data and innovation. And so we're very thrilled to speak to you today. So could you please tell us about the data innovators, the idea behind it, and how did you approach evaluation from a data perspective? Thanks for that question, Valentine. So really the idea for data innovators was born from my experience in the field and observing the gaps and the lessons in ME processes and data use um, as an ME practitioner. I feel like I've been quite privileged that I've worked in very diverse contexts as an ME practitioner, from being in a health facility, checking registers, to being in the homes of TB patients, um, and even being in prisons where we've done TB screening, and then sitting in townships and national departments. And all of these very diverse contexts have given me a wealth of observation. So I really like a wealth of my own data on the ME context in South Africa first. But at the same time, while I was working really hard in this context, what the data was showing us is that our ME work was not always resulting in changes. So particularly in the HIV and AIDS context in South Africa, we still see that the prevalence of the virus persists and now we have new um, diseases that really exacerbate that. And what I noticed is that our approach at the time to M&E was so much focused on accountability and not so much on learning and adapting that it was not supporting changes in these development sectors um, or changes in the different contexts that we were working. And so I really saw this as an opportunity to change the way I think and also help others change the way we think innovatively about M&E. And so what I started doing practically in kind of my early stage career and before I started Data Innovators was to test different approaches. So in an almost messy way, I looked at how could I incorporate most significant change in my evaluation or how could I start using DHIS2 for monitoring? 
how could I learn how to make clean infographics to better communicate our evaluation findings? And with these little experiments, um, some of them didn't really work out well. Some of them didn't yield anything useful, but I did get a lot of insight on how I can support others to change the way we engage with data, how we look at evalu evaluation insights in a different way. So in 2015, these kind of uh, background experiences were what motivated me to start Data Innovator. So I started Data Innovator in 2015 as Data Innovator Singular in the name. So there was no S first. And this was the first iteration of the organization. And my goal was just to help organizations tell stories with data because I felt if we could innovate almost in the back end around our m and &E approaches, organizations would then be able to embrace the use of data, use it in decision-making and improving their programs. Um, and that was really the goal at the time. And through that work, I worked very collaboratively and started engaging with other consultancies, other partnerships. And that's when I met my current kind of partner, Data Innovators. And we came together because they were innovating in the tech space. I was innovating in the evaluation space. And we had the shared interest in doing MND differently in development. And so last year, we reestablished the company as Data Innovators. So we just added the S and became a bigger team. And currently, our focus in evaluation is really around still pushing these data boundaries and helping organizations think differently about information and, in, and how they use data. And so in our evaluation practice, we still incorporate theory-based evaluation, but we also look at how do we borrow from other fields how do we borrow from our own lived experience to ensure that evaluation actually is fit for purpose for our clients and also supports learning in organizations? Thanks, Jarusha. So um, you are currently working on uh, different projects from what we understand, linking up uh, innovation and evaluation in Africa. Could you share with us some uh, about some of these projects, uh, some, some examples of the work you're doing right, right now? Certainly. Um, and maybe firstly, also just to clarify how I and us at Data Innovators see innovation, because I think often when we think innovation, we gravitate to technology as innovation. But in fact, we see innovation in evaluation as really multifaceted, that it includes how we build capacity of individuals to use evaluation insights and learn how we incorporate novel or even adapted methods in evaluation. And then there's also the technology aspect. So just to speak to some of the specific examples of how um, we are introducing innovation in evaluation and the concepts and projects that we are working on. So firstly, we've been quite fortunate to work with an expert in social network analysis. And we found that this has been a great um, kind of innovation in terms of adapting a method that has been used um, largely in, in kind of in, in other sectors and not so much in evaluation. And what we have done is look at how we incorporate it as part of a more mixed methods evaluation approach. So not really standalone. And in our first testing of social network analysis, we looked at how we could, um, we actually tested it within our own co-working space. And we conducted a network analysis um, by adapting, you know, survey methods and explored how members of a co-working space were actually collaborating. Because based on the objectives of the co-working space, 
working in a co-working space is not only affordable, but you have the opportunity to network with other business owners, identify new opportunities. And so we used it as a chance to test if in fact that is the case. And so with network analysis, we uh, were able to assess how many of the members within the co-working space had interacted with each other on a business opportunity um, or had engaged with each other just around sharing business information. And then last was around whether they just connected informally. And it was interesting because one, it allowed us to test like how could we actually apply this? But we found that in fact, um, everyone was just connecting really informally and there were no business opportunities that came up <laughs> by being present in a co-working space. It did give insight to the co-working space to think about how do we uh, encourage networking or create platforms where we can share what others are doing. So that's one example, but what we then did was really scale that approach. So we've since implemented network analysis in evaluation and based on assessments um, at larger scales. So as an example, we recently concluded a, a scan or rather a mapping of, um, of various entities that are influencing social cohesion and justice practice globally. And this was part of an initiative with Catholic Relief Services. And so we used network analysis to create a visual of who, what does that network look like? But it also told us kind of the story of who are the key players within the network. And from an influence strategy perspective, how would you target kind of different clusters in that network? Um, how would you support other entities that were perhaps at the outskirts of the network to be more collaborative in the social cohesion and justice space. So that's one example of, from a social network analysis perspective. Other things we're also doing is that we've actually also developed our own technology. So we've brought in developers in our team and created a software called Impact Board, which is a data management and reporting tool. And we've really designed it for a local context. And it's based on an ME framework structure, inputs, outputs, and outcomes. But we've simplified it so that it's accessible to smaller organizations. And we've also adapted it specifically for the education context. So putting in functionality that allows you to track learners and the outcomes of learners. And that um, tool is currently in quite a, um, a young stage, but we are using it or it's been deployed in South Africa nationally um, with the Department of Social Development and um, the Nelson Mandela Foundation as part of the project called the Vangasali Project, where we are supporting them to track the registration of early childhood development practitioners. So it's one of the sectors where it has largely been informal and um, there are many, you know, grandmothers that establish an informal ECD center and we have no data on where she is, how far she is. And so with our technology, we've got both a web-based application and a mobile um, app. We were able, we are currently doing this actually, able to support them in locating those various ECD practitioners and capture information. At the same time, they use that to then inform what kind of support do those practitioners then need to more formalize um, the practice. So that's an example there. There are also other approaches that we've been, that are known approaches in evaluation, in innovation and evaluation, such as learning labs, sense making, outcome harvest, harvesting. So we are constantly testing those as well in our work. But then lastly, one project that we are currently working on, which is also quite um, an interesting project and exciting one for me, is a research project that we are doing with a foundation partner, 
And what we are doing at the moment is doing a mapping of various innovators in impact measurement um, in Africa. And the goal is that we have an insight into who are the various ecosystem players and how could we support some of those innovators to um, strengthen uh, strengthen and scale some of the innovations that are, they are testing on the continent. Thank you, Jerusha, for sharing those uh, exciting innovative approaches that you're using and very relevant as well. Um, I, I had a question specifically on, on, um, on, on data. I mean, you're an evaluation uh, practitioner as well as a data practitioner. And oftentimes uh, the challenge we face is uh, any issues of data security or data quality uh, or even privacy issues uh, don't seem to happen along the data value chain. And it's often maybe, even if you talk about building capacity on the, the right use of data, it often stops at data collection and not really on management or dissemination and so on, the value chain. How do you as a practitioner of both MEL as well as data uh, approach this? Another great question, Valentine. And um, interestingly, we have been involved with a, a technical working group that specifically looks at that. And um, the working group is called the Responsible Data Governance in MNDE um, Working Group. Again, it has a particular focus on African contexts. And in that working group, what we had done was really looked at what the MND cycle looks like and overlaid what the data life cycle looks like. And um, with that, then mapped out what are the various responsible data principles at every point in the data value chain. And so they are actually existing guidelines on this that we've developed. Um, and it was a project in collaboration with Multic, the organization, and um, CLEAR, AA, which is the Center for Learning, Evaluation and Research, Anglophone Africa. And with that, what we had done, and as part of our practice at Data Innovators as well, is that we looked at from exactly as you say, like the point of design, what are some of the considerations we need to make from a data security, privacy, and even broader data governance. And at this point, it's things like, what are your specific country, what is the country legislature or country policies around it? In South Africa, we have PAPAYA, which is the um, Protection of, of Personal Information Act. And so any evaluation or any work related to data in South Africa needs to be aligned with that act. And you need to demonstrate how you are securing information um, and have certain policies in place. And similarly, so with other African countries, um, but then as you go around that, da that data life cycle, there are considerations at the point of data collection, um, data analysis, and then even at the data communication point, which is, is one that I'm personally quite interested in because I, I am particularly in my kind of um, my practice looking at how do we also ensure that we don't end at data security and privacy, but at the point of disseminating and communicating data, how do we ensure that we are safeguarding this receiver of information um, in a responsible way? But also once we get to dissemination, have we aggregated or visualized data in a way that we it's still ensuring that we are not presenting identifiable information or information that we not, did not agree we would be sharing? And, um, and lastly, along that value chain is also, there are also, um, processes around 
um, considering what to do at the point of destroying data, storing data. And the guidelines that I mentioned are quite helpful because that really maps where each of those data steps are aligned to your your MIL cycle. And so it becomes easier as a MIL practitioner to also think about not just myself as an ME practitioner and you know the data security tasks of the data people, but actually it's completely aligned. Um, and yeah, there are quite a few useful guidelines in there as well and tools um, to help implement responsible data practices in ME. Well, thanks also for, um, for this, Jerusha. And uh, so how do you envisage to continue your journey in exploring the link, the links, uh, better, better to say at the plural, between uh, innovation and uh, uh, evaluation in Africa? Well, I'm definitely, I'm still very excited about what's to come in innovation and evaluation. So I think it's a space that I'll be working in for a long time. And how I aim to continue this journey is how I will continue engaging in the field, how Data Innovators does this, how we collaborate, and also how we continue to experiment. Um, so just to elaborate on that, so like the Eval Edge um, podcast, we are often on various sharing platforms because I feel that um, innovation often happens when you're sharing ideas, kind of putting your thoughts out there and getting feedback from the community or the space, and then it, it morphs into something that's useful. So we are active participants in the South African ME Association. Um, EES is one that we would like to be more involved in, as well as the American Evaluation Association. Um, and recently, we've also just agreed to kick off in South Africa an ICT-enabled ME community of practice, which is quite exciting because it will be a space where we can nurture some multi-tech innovation. And yeah, we'll continue to be sharing ideas in different spaces. In terms of collaboration, so we also actively partner with different innovators. At the moment, we've partnered with Maltech um, on various projects related to tech-enabled MIL and thought leadership pieces. And we've partnered with MasterCard Foundation on some research related to innovation on, in impact measurement. Um, and then there are things that we do in-house. So we run these learning labs, which are quite fun. And so it's a space that internally we always experiment and so we've got certain a set of questions that we want to we want to answer and we don't have the answers yet one of them is how might we use augmented reality to improve evaluation reporting and um, internally we have like small budgets for our team members to explore those things and these are still works in progress but ideally we will eventually publish and share what we find uh, and then lastly what I'd shared already in response to Valentine's question is that for me I'm really keen to also focus on innovation in responsible data communication. I think it's a space that is important for us as evaluators to also think a lot more about how are we closing the learning loop? How are we ensuring that um, the providers of the providers of data in evaluation actually access the information in some forms as well, and that we are empowering them and not just the commissioner or the organization that's conducting it, but we're actually empowering data providers on the ground um, to use information for their own benefit as well or for their community benefit. Thank you. I mean, uh, part of our podcast is, is uh, to highlight such innovations, you know, that's why we are called eval. So cutting edge and out there and so encourage our uh, 
listeners who are primarily evaluators and researchers and also development practitioners to, to understand the needs uh, of innovation or continuous innovation. I mean, even in evaluation, we are moving beyond linear measurement tools into more emergence and agile uh, innovations. Uh, I mean, agile evaluation methods. And so your, 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 your tasks and what you do are super helpful and in line with what we like to put out there for people to use. Not just for evaluators, even for tech folks, uh, because uh, oftentimes uh, technology is pushed by tech, tech geeks, obviously, but sometimes without understanding the context in which they're introduced as a result of that, uh, amplifying some of the existing uh, social issues and problems. And so uh, you're, you are, I would say, the right person doing the right thing at the right time as well. Uh, so maybe you can tell us a few lines about um, uh, anybody who wants to take up the path you've taken from our listeners, where did you start and what message, one message uh, you can share as we, as we close to the, as we come close to the podcast. Okay. So the one message, if I could share, oh no, there are so many, but I'll share one would be to, to, to actively experiment. Cause I find that, or I found that because I often test different things, that has been how I've built innovation in the way I think about um, evaluation. Uh, and I think that's kind of how, you know, yeah, what innovation is about. It's about testing and seeing if something works and does not work and adapting it. And so that would be my one key kind of uh, suggestion to those that want to build their own kind of innovation and evaluation strengths is that if finding opportunities to test a new method, um, test a new approach, seeing how you can really creatively apply things from different sectors or different places in almost a safe space. Sometimes you can't do that on a client project or your own big internal project, but motivating and finding little pockets of space where like we did with the, the experiment in our co-working space. And I think that's a key way to, to do kind of trial and error and find um, which types of innovations are the ones that you may be strong at. Um, what are the, the emerging lessons as you experiment and keep kind of doing those and building up your portfolio of the different types of innovations and different types of solutions that you've come up through experimenting. Thank you, Jerusha, for this very, very last message or never stop experimenting, uh, experimenting, never stop uh, uh, being curious and uh, exploring, exploring around us. And uh, this was the end of our podcast episode with uh, Mrs. Jerusha Govender, director and co-founder of Data Innovators. Thanks again, Jerusha, for this interview. Thanks to our listeners and uh, for tuning in. And we hope that you will join us again for our next episodes of Evil Edge podcast series. Thank you. Goodbye.